HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Hello, this is Dana Cowan, and you are listening to Speaking Broadly on Heritage Radio Network. I've got a really fun show for you guys today. It is me as the guest on Inside Julia's Kitchen, which is another show that airs on Heritage Radio Network. On that show, I got to talk about food journalism past and present, and Todd Shulkin, the host, asked me about speaking broadly. So you're going to hear next what I have to say about my very own show that you guys are familiar with. So I hope you listen to this. And if you like it, I hope you'll tune in to Inside Julia's Kitchen. It's a phenomenal podcast. And I think you're going to love it because it's all about food, food history, and how Julia Child has changed the world for those of us who are still in it today. Welcome back. We're talking to Dana Cowan, former editor-in-chief of Food & Wine magazine and host of our sister Heritage Radio Network show, Speaking Broadly. So I saw that you said if everybody built positive conversations into their lives, they would find the future they're looking for. That sounds very Taoist to me. So is that what, spe- <laughs> is that what Speaking Broadly is all about? That is a great summary of the idea behind Speaking Broadly. I started Speaking Broadly about two years ago, and my goal was twofold. One, I had left Food and Wine a year before, and I was trying to figure out what exactly I was going to do next. Like I I had worked for a restaurant group, and I was about to embark on some consulting. I didn't want to give up. you know, talking to people in the food world or creating any kind of content. So I'm like, oh, podcast, great. What should it be about? And I thought it it could be about people who are in transitions and who have succeeded. What I what I find is that this um, it's a very long and windy road to find success. In in my case, I was in media for 30 years, and it seems kind of straight. But there were some, you know, detours and um, pockets of, uh, you know, changing direction. And so I love talking to people about how they've gotten to where they are, what detours they took, how hard it was, how did they overcome those things, and um, hoping to inspire myself, but of course, all of the listeners who might themselves be trying to figure out what to do next, and they love food. And 
food has, there's so many different ways to be in the world of food. I think some people feel like, oh, you need to do PR or you need to be a chef or you need to be a food writer. There's like three ways. But what I've been able to show throughout through the podcast is there's, I mean, I'm up to episode 78. And I won't say that every single person has a different um, sort of position within the food world, but there's at least 50 different jobs. And so I love that. And it, the podcast has done exactly what I'd hoped um, for the listeners that I've heard from, but also for me, that I, I leave the Heritage Radio Network studio and I just think, wow, that was amazing. You know, this person had never run a business and she just decided to run a business because she thought about it when she was standing at a bus stop. I mean, that happened. You know, all of these stories that you you hear them, you absorb them, and it makes you feel you can do anything. Well, and I think what you said about in, in your quote about positive conversations, I mean, you know, that that summary came from you, not from me. Yeah. And um, but I I love hearing people's, you know, stories of their career paths, however circuitous, because I think there's something you can always learn something from them, either both about the person, but then something you can apply to you. There's always in that conversation for me, one moment we're like, oh, yeah, wow. Oh, you could do that. And I think it it's incredibly helpful. And then I think there's a second layer of that, that human beings are programmed to learn from other human beings. So even though you could read an article about it, there's something about the conversation and hearing it spoken from the actual person that also kind of locks it in. Do you, do you have that? experience from it um i do feel that way the thing that i find in a one-on-one conversation that's different in print is that you can probe a little deeper and one of the things that i love about the podcast format is that it's long i get food and wine uh print stories of course had limited length digital stories did not but people have limited sort of attention spans whereas podcasts by their nature people are they're driving you know they they, they're ready to just go with the flow and um i think that as a result what you learn from someone when you're listening to them not only is it easier to listen because it's auditory but it's also a bit um easier because you're like engaged by their voice you're engaged by the emotion you're you know you're carried with them by their storytelling it hasn't been edited it's really immediate it's really direct so i find all of those things another reason why you know listening to these conversations can be kind of life-changing yes i totally agree so, okay, I'm going to probe a bit deeper now. I've already <laughs> thought of this. Because I, I want to do so, especially in sort of the era we're in, is I think it's easy to look at a show like Speaking Broadly, and it, as the name implied, it's, it's, it's kind of, uh, it's certainly about women. And you can walk away, particularly as a man, being like, okay, that's for and about women, it's not for me. And, but then I think then everyone's missing out from that perspective. So I wanted to give you the opportunity to sort of explain um, just as you were reading GQ <laughs> lately, what do you think the, the show offers for men in listening to to a lot of women's experiences? Well, one of the reasons that, um, like in the description of Speaking Broadly, I never mentioned that's a show in which I only interview women is because the women that I speak to, they have amazing passions and amazing careers. And so in the same way that I would listen to you know, any, I mean, 
Elon Musk, maybe he's a terrible example, but I would listen to <laughs> any man who has a great career who's um, taken an interesting path. I think the the lessons are universal, and the people that I interview have made uh, an extraordinary mark. I mean, thinking about um, Jenny Britton Bauer, who you know has Jenny's ice cream. Whether if you're starting a company, um, you'd want to listen to Jenny because she's as an entrepreneur, she's incredibly inspiring. Or Ellen Bennett from Headley & Bennett, the apron company. If you are if you want to start a company, you would want to l- listen to Ellen. If you are, um, you know, and I could go through the, you know, the entire list. If I had Dory on my show, as you had Dory on yours, if you want to be a, a cookbook author or you want to know how to have a long marriage, um, that's great for both sides. Yes, um, that one, t- who talked about that? Dory or did. Everybody. Because, oh, Dory. Do- yeah, yeah, because Dory got married at 19, and Michael's the love of her life, and the not the secret to her success, but a great supporter of her success. Um, you know, I spoke to... Well, it's that old adage, right, that 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 I think was always applied to, to women behind every great man is a great woman. But the reverse is, it seems to be absolutely true. That's 100%. You find these, I mean, I think of uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. You know, Ruth Bader Ginsburg would not be who she was um, without her extraordinary husband. So I think we're talking about partnerships and the fact that learning isn't, you know, you don't learn by gender, you learn you learn by experience and you learn by um you know hardship and understanding how to deal with hardship and in fact on the show i never asked that question like what does it feel like to be a woman doing this job because i don't i i hate to say it, but i don't care i mean i don't that that isn't at the core i mean that might come out in many different ways in the conversation so i i absolutely embrace that but the my first question isn't about being a woman, my first question is about how did you achieve this great success? Well, and that makes sense. I think I know from talking about it, and Julia was sensitive to it. And I think maybe there's a lot of debate over when Julia would say, I'm not a feminist, or I don't want to talk about that. And I think part of that was that same thing that a lot of female chefs have when they're like, I don't want to be known as a female chef, I want to be known as a chef, that gender should not be part of that. And, and, And I think uh, to a lot of women, Jeff is slightly offensive because it, it puts them in a separate category rather than the the larger category. And I'd sort of wager that I think that J- Julia's issue with the feminist brand was was similar, which is like, I don't want to be thought about in gender terms. I just want to be me and my contribution. Does that does that resonate with you? A hundred percent. And I had a, a grandmother who would never call herself a feminist, and yet she was a lawyer um, in 1929. And wow. so she was, you know, way, I mean, they barely. That was before Ruth Bader Ginsburg, for sure. Yeah. Um, they, you know, barely admitted women to, to law school. And there she was, a lawyer and a, a public defender. And when I was taking women's studies, because it was the 70s, and she would say, that is ridiculous. Um, you know, you should set your eye on what you want, and you should do it. And I imagine Julia felt the same way you set your eye on what you want and you do it she julia did extraordinary things um having and it, she didn't spend her time taking women's studies classes she just you know acted with her heart and um had such a great personality and engaged people and changed the world 
As she did. So do you have any other, I know you named some some sort of prototypical episodes of, of what people could glean from them, but are there any, you know, a couple guests that stand out in your memory just because either their story surprised you in a way you didn't expect or or has just really stayed with you um, in a way you didn't expect? Well, I interviewed a woman named um, Raina Tuong who has a sandwich shop in Dallas. And first of all, it was very random that I ended up there. I was doing some consulting um, in Dallas, and I was, you know, searching around in that list format that we were <laughs> talking about before, you know, cross-checking lists and what would I find? And I found this uh, shop called Sandwich Hag. And I I went, had this ex- amazing Vietnamese sandwich. We, I connected with her on Instagram. She is the most powerful person that I've interviewed in the year. Her brother has um, Down syndrome and works by her side every single day and is what she says, you know, the best worker she has. He can't do absolutely everything, but he does so much. And she's committed to this notion of all abilities. So not singling out, not singling him out saying he's disabled, but he has many abilities. They're just not the same as everybody else's abilities. And that story to me was so poignant. In, in addition, her family um, were Viet- arrived in the U.S. as Vietnamese rec- uh, refugees and um, really horribly. She was brought here by the church and then abused by a church member. And so her story has so many layers, and she is so strong. And uh, I think about two weeks ago, Eater named her the best sandwich shop in Dallas. And I was like, oh my God, this is so great. She so deserves it. And everybody deserves to hear the message um, that Raina shares. Well, and I think those, she has like several survival stories, but I think that ultimately, and sometimes they're painful to listen to, but I think that they they can be extremely inspiring. And is that, is that what you came away with from her? It's just being inspired by her, her path and her commitment? I was in, inspired by that, Yes, but also that she's an advocate and she's an advocate, being an advocate for her brother um, and having this very deep understanding that I think most people don't have is a lot of what I took away. So less about being a survivor and more about being a fighter. And those things are not disconnected, but one has an enormous amount of forward motion. And I think that the way in which she's fighting for all rights, you know, not singular rights, is really important, particularly in the world of restaurants. And we didn't even cover the food. So what kind of sandwich <laughs> makes the place special? Oh, my God. She does an amazing uh, meatball banh mi, and every single thing that she cooks, she is so, um, so intentional. So, you know, she picks the the cilantro leaf by leaf and she's had people in the kitchen who are like come on do we really have to pick the cilantro this way this is time consuming and ridiculous we could just hack at it she's like no you can't and if you you know if you want to cook that way you, you just shouldn't really be in my kitchen and she's doing a sandwich shop so um delicious vietnamese um del- delicious vietnamese sandwiches well, and they say you can sort of taste that level of care and attention. And, and almost every great chef I've ever talked to 
they talk about putting their heart and soul and love into food and love in food is what makes it taste so good. There is so much love in her food and a lot of perfectionism. And I think those two things married, that is, you know, where the great chefs shine. So it's, because love can be very woo-woo, right? But if you don't have like a perfectly <laughs> clean um, <laughs> workspace and you don't have a perfect mise en place and you're not ready, all that love in the world isn't going to help you cook. Indeed. As a recovering perfectionist, I, I certainly <laughs> admire other per- perfectionist standards. So so before we move to the Julia moment, I, what, what's coming up for you? What are you really looking forward to in your life or hoping to do in 2019? I'm working on a variety of very exciting projects. Something that I've just um, been working on is doing a live speaking broadly. So, so in front of an audience where I have one person on stage with me. Um, but before they come on stage, I interview their closest confidant, someone who knows everything about them. And I ask them, you know, the person comes to speaking broadly in this case because they want to figure out what to do next in their career. It's a little bit of an obsession of mine. I mentor people all the time. I consider myself a little bit of a a career psychic in that I can tell you what you should do with your life even if you can't see it for yourself because I feel like it's inside of every person. So I speak to, um, I'm going to speak to the the great confidant um, while the guest isn't in the room and they don't hear this. Then I bring the um, the guest to the stage and we go through, I, I have a, a strategy for helping people get to figure out what they should do next and then I make recommendations. But what's great about doing it live is I'm going to invite the audience to add on like did I miss something is there something else that they would recommend and then finish with um, sort of connections from the audience like is there someone that you think uh, the person on stage should talk to like do you have some real connections that can be made here to help move their life forward so um, right now that's uh, an idea information but I have a a place to do it and a format I'm really really excited about following that through. That sounds amazing. And, and I, I, you know, different people have their different takes and sort of makeover shows had sort of gone in a myriad kind of wacky d- directions. But I think, you know, anyone who's watched the new season of Queer Eye, you know, that's the same format, right? They talk to everybody else and find out what A is so great about this person and what's missing in their life that they have trouble seeing. And then they use that in the whole process. And it's incredibly powerful. And, um, you know, tr- transformational. And, and of course, it's not just the physical transformation. It's the the spiritual and the whole outlook and the the moving forward. I think that sounds amazing. And I, I'm a huge Queer Eye fan, I have to say. <laughs> I just, they're great, those boys. I need a whole box of tissues every episode. <laughs> ridiculous. All right, after the break, Dana's going to share her Julia moment. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey, like what you hear? Heritage Radio Network has plenty more. With fresh programming every week, we've got something for everyone. Trying to start your own food business? Concerned about where your food comes from? Looking for the best wine or beer to bring to a party? Find our shows on iTunes or Stitcher, or head to heritageradionetwork.org to listen live and subscribe to our newsletter. When you flip anything, you really, you just have to have the courage of your convictions, particularly if it's sort of a loose mass like this. Well, that didn't go very well. See, when I flipped it, I didn't, I didn't have the courage to do it the way I should have. 
but you can always pick it up, and if you're alone in the kitchen, who is going to see? From Julia's immortal words, we move into our last segment, which we call the Julia Moment. Here's when we ask our guests to share their favorite Julia memory, moment, or how she's inspired them in their career. All right, Dana, what's your Julia moment? Uh, my favorite, I have so many, as I'm sure every guest you have says. Um, but my, my favorite Julia moment was when I went to visit her in Boston uh, with Tini Yulaki, who is the executive food editor at Food & Wine. And we got in her car to go to lunch. So first, just being in her house and seeing the immortal pegboard and, you know, absorbing what that kitchen was and the whole life that had been lived there and her sort of humility and humor and just being in the presence of this space and the person was amazing. Then trans going into her tiny car um, and it was the scariest ride of my life, which says a lot, because I don't think that of all of Julia's great talents, I'm not sure that driving was really <laughs> top among them. And um, then we arrived at a restaurant in Boston, and uh, Julia didn't love the food. And I learned one of the great lessons that stood me sto- has stood me so well over the last couple of decades. So the chef comes out, of course, wanting to know exactly what Julia thought and it was so important to them and Julia Child was in the restaurant and and Julia they said so you know what did you think and Julia leaned back and she said we had the most marvelous time and that was it I mean she didn't like the food and but she did have a good time so she wasn't telling an untruth she just was not going to go there and talk about food if she didn't like it and so those few hours are my favorite, favorite Julia hours, um, both, you know, absorbing the history, but understanding her, her elegance and um, her way of really wanting to be generous to people who are putting their heart and soul into the, into the food. Grace under pressure. That's a lovely story. Yes, I never, uh, Julia wasn't driving when I met her, so uh-huh. I never, but, that, but, but that story does not, does not surprise me. I think she came from a generation where, where, where care and precision in driving was, was not paramount. Yeah, no, um, but we got uh, home and back in one piece, which, of course, um, is also a very important part of the story. Yes, you've lived to tell about it, and it's indelible in your memory, which is lovely. So thank you so much for sharing that, and thank you so much for joining us been a pleasure. Todd, it's been lovely talking to you. And thanks so much for having me on Inside Julia's Kitchen. It's our pleasure. And a big thank you for listening all year and for joining us for this last episode of season three to all our listeners. We'll be back for season four in mid-January. We wish your holidays are full of good food and good company, just like that dinner Dana talked about. Um, Stay connected over the break. Follow the foundation on social media. Our handles are at Julia Child on Facebook, at Julia Child Foundation, all one word on Instagram, and at Julia Child JCF on Twitter. My Twitter handle is at T Shulkin, T S C H U L K I N. If you want to learn more about everything that Dana is up to, follow her on social media. Her handle is FW Scout, F for food, W for wine on Twitter and Instagram. And she's at Dana Cowan on Facebook, D-A-N-A-C-O-W-I-N. And to check out the inspiring lineup of guests on Speaking Broadly, 
go to heritageradionetwork.org forward slash series forward slash speaking hyphen broadly, or just search the word speaking broadly on your favorite podcast app. And we're even going to share a sample episode um, on the Inside Joya's Kitchen feed. So look for that while we're on hiatus. The Joya Child audio clip from The French Chef is used with permission from our friends at WGBH. Thanks to my co-producer of the foundation, Lawrence Alkeld, and today's sound engineer at Heritage Radio Network is the great Jeet. Our theme song is New French Horn by Novi Valtorni. Please give us a review, which will help new listeners discover the show. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss upcoming episodes or the season premiere. We are on the air on Heritage Radio Networks on Thursdays at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, with downloads available soon after on Stitcher, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. We look forward to bringing you back into the fashion's world next season on Inside Julia's Kitchen. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.